Blog Talk Radio.
into the place of an encounter with him. And, you know, many times, many of us have, um, off and on through our lives, me, Chris, um, many of you out there, a lot of you whom we've talked to, um, have faced um, one trial or tribulation after another. And we know that the scripture says that testing of our faith produces patience. And that we should glory in tribulations and in all things um, that the Lord may be magnified. And it started me down this path of thinking, um, what happens, what, what do you do when you're in a place um, where it seems like there's no hope, when you've made your best effort um, to do whatever it is that you feel like the Lord's called you to do or you just feel like you need to do, and it doesn't work out the way you expected it. Um, the situation doesn't appear like it did in the blueprint that was in your head beforehand. Or just whatever in life happens that just happens. And you find yourself at a place where you really don't see any hope in the future. You don't see any way to escape, any way um, of redemption out of the situation. Almost where you look up to the hills and um, looking for the Lord to help. One of those times when you um, just have to call upon Him and trust that um, He's going to do something. And, you know, I have a whole bunch of scriptures I wanted to get into um, about hope itself. You know, the first off is Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, not by our works, not by our achievements, not by how well we've done things, how well we've accomplished things, um, just by faith. We have, it says we have peace with God, peace being one of the most valuable commodities around, um, the most valuable resource is to be able to walk in peace in your life, which the world doesn't know, the world can't know, because it doesn't know the one true Son of God. And it says, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, not only, it says, not only have, been, have we been justified by faith, but it says, through whom also we have access by this faith into this grace in which we stand. The grace, the unmerited favor of God being poured out in our lives in all circumstances and all occasions that he could be glorified. And I'm paraphrasing all this. And it says, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. You know, sometimes when you when you get to a place where it seems like there may be disaster, you have to look one step beyond the disaster to what lies on the other side to find the peace that comes from your relationship with God, the peace that comes from the knowledge of your place as a child of the Most High, the peace that comes from knowing what his will is, knowing what his plans and purposes are, knowing what his promises are related to you and his kingdom. You know, like the disciples on the boat and the boat sinking, we all know the story, and they went and woke up Jesus and freaking out because of the storm. And, you know, Jesus got up and he went up to the waves and he said, Peace be still. And he was able to say, not only because he was the Son of God, of course, say, Peace be still, but he spoke peace to the storm because that's what he had inside of him was peace. And he was at complete peace. It didn't matter what the circumstances said. It didn't matter what anything looked like, what the people around him said. When demons would walk up to Jesus or there would be um, a demon-possessed person that none of the disciples could could cure. And, you know, everybody around would be um, sort of freaking out a little bit because of the intensity of the enemy's hold in someone's life. And Jesus never, except for the one time when he drove the money changers out of the temple, you never see him losing his cool. You never see him going ballistic as far as freaking out and not knowing what to do because he always knew who he was in the Lord. He always knew the relationship he had with the Father. He knew his place. He knew the authority that was given to him by the word that, that, was, that came from his Father because he said, I, never, I don't do anything unless I hear it from my Father first. And so Jesus walked in peace. And it says in um, 
Romans 5, verse 3, I mean, verse 3, it says, And now, not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribula- that tribulations produces perseverance. And perseverance is character. You know, our tri- I'm going to slow down. Our trials teach us to be patient. They teach us to wait upon the Lord, to trust in the Lord. You know, sometimes it seems like the Lord doesn't always intervene until we've taken our hands off the situations, until we've um, got to the place of exhausting our means as human beings. Our, I mean, everything that we have it in our power to do, he lets us do. And then it's just then that we usually will turn to him. Because many people, when they have troubles and they have problems, they always try to solve them on their own first instead of immediately turning to the Lord. And so the Lord lets them do all the things they think they're going to be able to do to solve a problem or to fix a problem. And even if they could, the end result wouldn't be as glorious as if the Lord was able to do that which he, only he can do. And, you know, through the tribulation, we learn patience, we, and we learn to trust in God. And it says, and tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character. Because out of your out of your patience, out of the waiting upon the Lord and the learning to turn and to turn and trust in the Lord, you develop a character of a child of God whose dependence is upon the Lord and character hope. You know, out of the patience, out of the trials, you develop this character of understanding your real place in the whole situation, understanding the limited abilities that we have, but that are compensated by his amazing strength. Paul said, my strength, God said to Paul, my strength, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And in those places and in those times where we see the Lord interact in our life, we slowly learn to trust the Lord. We slowly learn to cast our cares to the Lord. Not because it's a last-ditch effort to see some problem solved, but because we've come to a place of standing upon a rock and knowing our identity in Him, knowing that the Scripture says that whatever things we ask in His name, He'll do it, and it says in First John, we know if he, we know that if He hears us, we know we have the petitions we ask of Him. This very God who said He would not leave us as orphans. It says in verse five, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. You know, not only has He poured out his grace and mercy in our life. He's also given us the Holy Spirit to be the, um, as the scripture says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, the rod, the rod which is for correction. And um, the word of God will always correct you. It will always um, keep you in line. It will always give you a check in your spirit. It will always um, strengthen you and build you up, too. And, you know, the Holy Spirit will always lead you, he'll always guide you in truth, he'll always reveal the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's his very purpose, is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, and to reveal Jesus unto us, and to lead us into the presence of the Lord. You know, it says in, um, if you turn to Second um, Corinthians, chapter um, 4, and I'll read just a little bit of this. It says, um, let me get, get over there. Okay. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, well, what ministry do we have? We have the ministry of the righteousness of being the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have the ministry of being the representatives of God in this world, the ministry of being living epistles to the Lord, written not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. 
which is the heart, the Father creating a gospel inside of us. And what I mean by that is at one point when he wrote the law, he wrote it on tablets of stone that hands could hold and behold. But in these times, after the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood and us being justified and redeemed before the Father, he has declared and made us the living epistles, the living documents the living revelation of Jesus Christ into the earth. We become symbols of how glorious he is and what he does in man, and we become literal representations of the love of God into this earth. And through that image that we have of who we are in him, because of him, the world as well can see the love of God which they may not see any other way. And it says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, because we know that the gospel is veiled to the world because um, the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ can only become through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. It says, It is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, not because they can't, but because they don't want to. And, at, and I, I threw that part in there But it says At least the light of the gospel Of the glory of Christ Who is the image of God You know Jesus said When they asked him Show us the Father And it's sufficient Jesus said How long have I been with you And you asked me To show me the Father Or to show us the Father He said I am in the Father And the Father in me If you see me You've seen the Father It says Who is the image of God Just shine upon them for we do not preach ourselves, never, we're never glorifying ourselves, never glorifying our own actions or our own works. It says, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. You know, we were all darkness once. Just like in the beginning, um, there was without form, and darkness was upon, upon the face of the waters and God simply spoke and said let there be light and there was light and out of that darkness he created order and out of that darkness he created light and then created life and the same thing inside of all of us who were once living in darkness who were once slaves of sin he brought forth his word and the blood of Jesus and out of the darkness of our hearts he created light and spoke the light into our lives and out of that light he created a life and brought us to life in Christ Jesus and gave us eternal life. And it says, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That means all this hope that we have in him, trusting in him, believing in him, knowing that we have a place in heaven with him, knowing that we're sanctified and redeemed, that we have been declared to be children of God, having a place in heaven, having authority and an inheritance that is undefiled, uncorruptible, reserved for us in heaven, whom we have a guarantee of the inheritance being the Holy Spirit. We have all this in simple earthen vessels. That the excellence, it says, of the power may be of God, and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed at times, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. No matter what the persecution you face, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It says, struck down. You know, just like the, just like the Lord allowed the enemy to test Job, you know, he was struck down beyond what any man could most likely usually bear 
but the Lord would not allow him to be, allow him to be destroyed. It says in verse 10, always, always, at any point, any circumstance, every minute of every day, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you're thinking, no matter who you're talking to, we're always caring about in this body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. You know, that's, that, that's, that's the, um, I believed and therefore I spoke. And usually it's quite opposite. We, it, in that we believe whatever the enemy tells us to believe. And then we speak those words, and those words become living, and they become truth, and then we act upon those words. Because it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as the man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, you know, it says the words, our words are living. You know, if you're believing not what the enemy says, and not even what you may necessarily feel based on your emotions, but if you're believing what the word of God declares, if you're taking the, that rod and the staff, letting the Holy Spirit to make the word become alive in you and to bring revelation to you, you'll get a true understanding of your identity in the Lord. You'll start to develop that intimate relationship with him, not just so you can proclaim you have it, but so that you can have a closeness with the Most High God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're in that position, you can begin to walk in peace because you understand that it's not based, the things that happen aren't always based just on your own abilities, but they're based on his grace and mercy being poured out in your life and the things that he can do where he can be strong in the midst of whatever situation you're in. It says, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us to you for all things or for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. The things which we see with our own eyes, the things that we can hear with our ears, the things that we can perceive in the world around us are only temporary. They're part of a world that's passing away. You know, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your trials, in the midst of whatever it is that you're, you're having to go to, you need to learn to lay it all down, not to give up, but to come to the place of submission and being able to let go, being able to allow the Lord to intercede into your life. You know, it says Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, always making intercession for us. You know, if you went to um, Galatians um, chapter 5, it says in um, chapter 5, verse 1, stand, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. And it goes forth, and it goes later on, it said, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. But, you know, stand fast in the liberty by which, by which Christ made us free. You know, the liberty we have in Christ Jesus is that we're free from the weight of the world. We're free from the lies of the enemy. We have the ability to walk in freedom 
and not only walk in freedom, to walk as children of God. So are the trials and tribulations we have bad? No, because as it says, um, they produce patience and character and hope. But one other thing they produce is they is they help produce the fruit of the Spirit. It says walk in the Spirit, and this is um, Galatians 5.16. It says walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so do you, not, you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, remember this where it says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You are not under the law. And, it's, and it goes forth and it says what the works of the flesh are. Adultery, fornication, and cleanliness, newness, adultery, sultry hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. You know, pretty much what, what describes um, the world itself and the flesh. But we're not of the flesh anymore, but we're of the spirit. Having been given a new name and a new inheritance in heaven, having been given a new identity in the Lord Jesus Christ through his blood. But then it says in verse um, 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, you know, um, there's gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, and get the times, and get the miracles, and gifts of faith. And discerning spirits You know there's these gifts that He's given unto men That he can be glorified through them But the fruits of the spirit aren't given They're not just handed out People don't just wake up one day and have joy And they don't just wake up one day and have kindness But here's what it says But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy When's the last time you've actually had real true joy that only comes from him? It says in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, and we're only good because of him, faithfulness. We only learn faithfulness from watching him be faithful in our own lives. Gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It says, if we live in the Spirit, which we do, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, fruits aren't given away like gifts. They're grown. They're grown in um, your life through the Holy Spirit working in the midst of your life, working in the midst of your situation. And so regardless of what you have to go through, you have to be able to lift up your eyes and trust in the Lord. You have to be able to lift up your eyes and understand that he has a plan and a purpose for your life that far far, um, supersedes any plans that the enemy may have for you. And it says, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his glory. So regardless of what you're going through, on the other side is always more of his grace and his mercy. On the other side is always the faithfulness of the Lord in your life. You said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. You know, you can feel like you have a ministry or a marriage or a a job situation or, or whatever it is. Where you feel like you're at the you, you may feel like you're at the end of the rope And you don't know where to turn You don't know what the next step is You don't see a way out Like Jonah, we were talking about the last couple of days About Jonah being in the side of the well You may not understand How you got to the place you are You don't know what's going to happen But the Lord It says that he holds us In his hands We're upheld by his righteous right hand we're upheld not because of our own abilities, but we're held by him. You know, it says in the book of Colossians, it says all things are held together by him to begin with. And it says in him we live and move and have our being. You know, if you go um, 
if you study the book of uh, Daniel, you'll come across the story of which everybody's heard, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and, you know, we all, we all talk about the story um, in church about how Nebuchadnezzar had um, built for himself um, this big statue and everybody was supposed to bow down and worship it. And, you know, the world always tells us what we should worship, what we shouldn't worship. But, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, not going to do it. And because we're going to only serve the Lord God. And so... You know, the king warned them and says, you no, know, you really are going to do this. And they're like, no, we're really not going to do this. And he's like, you really are. And, they're, and you know, and they pretty much told Nebuchadnezzar, and you know what, our God is able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down and serve The Lord is able to deliver us from the situation, get us out of the situation. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to serve anyone but him. And so they got thrown, or, you know, they're walking up to this fiery pit and, or to this furnace, which is was turned up with exceeding heat for them, so much that it says that those soldiers um, who carried them up were consumed by the fire. You know, the soldiers couldn't even get up and throw them in without losing their own lives because the fire was that hot. And, you know, sometimes you may feel like you're about to go into the midst of a fire and you're getting to that point of being thrown into the fire and you have to understand that whether you're on the outside of the fire or you're in the fire, God doesn't change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. His power isn't diminished based on your circumstance. His power is only diminished in your life based on your ability to believe in him and trust him, to believe that he's able to do exactly what he said he would do in your life, that he's able to fulfill the promises which he's made in your life. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego get thrown into the furnace, and we know the story that the angel of the Lord the Lord actually was in the midst of the furnace with them. And, you know, the king went and he looked inside the furnace and he saw them and he said, didn't we only throw three people and why do I see four, which was the angel of the Lord. And they're freaking out why the soldiers who brought them up there couldn't even survive the trip up to the top of the furnace. But yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who weren't walking in the flesh, they weren't walking based on what they could see around them, the flames that they could see, the impending doom of their mortal life, which they didn't care about. They were walking in the peace that only comes from finding a place of trusting in the Lord and turning your life over to Him so that any situation that happens, you give Him glory. And that no matter what happens, no matter what you have to face, no matter how bad the obstacle seems, no matter whether you're in a high, a high or you're in a low place, he's still being glorified. You can still lift up your voice and shout and praise and sing glory, hallelujah, to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, him who died and then rose again. So, this is Prayer International Radio, our call-in number, 619-638-8458. If you need prayer, give us a call.
I lost hold of 